Hey guys, welcome back to Chat with Charlie. So for our special guest today, we have no, none other than the bass man himself. So uh, give us a wave, uh, Phil Court Music. Hey. Hey, nice to, uh, nice to be on as well, Charlie. It's awesome. I've been listening to all of the other podcasts and they're all going great. It's awesome. So uh, we were saying before, but um, the first time I actually met you was at Hermes's gig and uh, Hermes has actually been on the show herself, so big ups. But you've actually been around in the scene doing loads, haven't you, before that? I have, yeah. So sort of Hermes sort of working with her, that's sort of a recent thing really, in the last sort of six to nine months. Yeah. Um, but I sort of moved away from sort of Cardiff music and Welsh music for a while. Mm. And it's only since sort of, mid-pandemic to the end of the pandemic that I've actually come back into Cardiff mm. and I'm actually performing and playing for people really which is good mm. it's really fun yeah um so like when you say that you've only just come back to Cardiff were you like doing what more gigs in like London way then was it or was it uh... yeah mm. so for the majority of my career I've been a touring musician mm. um so I was in some awesome acts before um in Wales but then I sort of had to leave then because tour commitments um, and they had me going all around Europe, UK and nice. over the world then. Sad. Nice. It's sad though that I had to leave some things behind, um, but it was really beneficial for me. Yeah. I'm sort of back now because there's not much touring going on for myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm just back back in Wales, which is awesome. Yeah. I was finding it funny with the, uh, the touring stuff because I always remember the first sort of like the first time we had a lockdown i know it feels like it just keeps happening now but um, you know everyone cast your your minds back to like may 2020 um like some something that people know here i used to live in australia and i got still got friends and family over there and uh, i follow a few artists yep. here in australia and i remember 2020 we're a lockdown it seems like the whole world's locked down and then there's artists that are going on tour in australia I'm yeah like, what? <laughs> why how come you guys get to do that so um yeah, and obviously, like you know, I, I perform a lot. Not probably not as much yeah. as you, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But I was like, I just like had that urge to get back just to perform, and I'm seeing people performing in Australia, and I'm thinking, yo, we're not doing yeah. that in the UK. Um, like, well, even well, even separating the UK because um, for those who don't know, we're both in Wales, aren't we? Yeah. So um, currently, we can't cannot perform gigs unless people are in tables of six, and yeah. Um, no dancing. Um, so how's that no affected dancing. you? Oh, it's affected me hugely, especially mm. the dancing bit, because I, I like to dance when I'm at gigs anyway. But yeah. for actually doing gigs myself, um, it's just not financially viable for promoters or venues or for the musicians mm. at the moment to actually put the gigs on, sadly. Mm. There's one or two sort of going ahead, mm. but everything's just sort of collapsed in on itself, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. It's mm. really terrible. I mean, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, things have changed. So if you're listening back Fingers in re- retrospect, you might think, oh, what? this is the beginning of January, by the way, if people are um, wondering where we're at. Because um, uh, I was speaking to DJ Jaffa as well, because he was saying that he's, as a DJ, he's kind of become background music now, rather than yes. like the yeah. forefront. Because, um, you know, you being a bassist and stuff, you could play like, kind of like, you know, in Star Wars, they got the band in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you could kind of you could kind of i suppose you could do that but i know it's just not the same i just i just know no that, um, no but uh, i think i done my first sort of sit down audience in narbeth with mr Boulay. 
mm. and it was just a weird experience. Yeah, it was packed. The crowd were loving it, but everyone was just sat down, mm. and it was just a weird atmosphere for all of the acts. But it was awful. Yeah, I've done just a, not right. I've done a, I've done a few like that before as well. Um, to be fair, that was usually when I was like like youth clubs, like when things first started opening up again. Um, last year again it just feels like cycles now it's like oh when they started yeah. up. but um it must have been may 2021 um i got asked and paid quite well as well so um i'm, I'm you know I, I don't forget that like honestly my, my old youth club i used to have up in lancashire and uh, more music um you know you know they received they, they got some funding for things like this but um oh, did an good. amazing job but it was it was outside so people could perform outside in you know in england and uh, yeah. people sat down at like like the little like lunch tables. And All right. To be fair, it was quite nice. It was actually quite nice. Um, I did like a more laid back set, but everyone was smiling, enjoying the sun was out. Um, everyone was friendly and happy, so it was good. Um, again, I don't know like when things opened up last year. Like, would that have been about the time you were performing again? Then May, I would take it. Yeah, yeah, mm. just about. Sort of things were a little bit slow. Um, just because the acts they were with, we were just sort of put, sort of putting the sets together. Mm. Um, but we did do a lot of work, sort of during the lockdowns, to get live sets ready. Yeah. Um, but with the introduction, because the restrictions sort of went down a little bit, sort mm. of got more musicians involved and could sort of widen the scope of the things that we were doing then. Uh, but yeah, about that time, mm. um, and the gigging was great then. Yeah. doing all the shows it was really fun yeah because it um because like, i noticed myself like i got a couple of gigs crossing england before i got any in wales which is weird yes when that happens yeah. um bristol i had one and then obviously the one i mentioned before was up in um lancashire um yeah but it was i think it must have been about august by the time i started performing again in wales which is a bit late um, yeah i think that was about the same for me i mean throughout my whole career i've hardly gigged in wales <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've done about a hundred shows in Wales mm. compared to like a few thousand in like England and further afield. So it's quite a weird feeling, mm. sort of gigging in Wales. I enjoy it, but yeah, it was about that time, um, sort of things were opening back up. Mm. Um, but it was great, really good fun. Yeah, no, no, I loved all of the uh, <laughs> the gigs. There were a couple I saw you at um, Porters, which had been run by uh, Forte. <laughs> we were there yes. before. I think we've got we've got we've got we've got to talk about him, uh, Mr. Bewley. He did a uh, again. He was the first guy I interviewed on this podcast, but that oh wow, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> that performance. I mean, that was quite quite uh, quite spectacular. To be fair, wasn't it? Oh, it was. He's just what a showman, really. Oh, no. He's just a pure frontman <laughs> showman. For those who weren't there, he had a big like six. Was it like six foot the flag, and he's waving it around, and he's like. And he had a glass of wine in the other hand. I know. And that was going everywhere. <laughs> Spilling <laughs> Absolute his nightmare. Spilling it his... looked great, probably from the crowd, but from like the stage perspective, it was carnage and chaos. I know. <laughs> oh, if he smacked you with that. But yeah, I mean, you can see all the... For the... Those who are watching and Spotify, listening on Spotify, not watching, um, you probably can't see, but Phil's actually got like an array of like bass guitars behind him. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm hoping now that this isn't just a... A uh, green screen on uh, Zoom. <laughs> that no. would be very disappointing. But um, for those who can't see it, just quickly go through. Um, do you have like a favourite bass guitar of those lot? Uh, I, kind of. So I'm a collector of sort of vintage and rare bass guitars and instruments. So I've got a collection of around about 140 at the moment. Mm. But these ones behind me are the ones that I use 
uh, the most. Um, but my favorite at the moment for work is that green green one. Yeah. That I had custom made. And that's the one I use for the majority of mm. sessions and live stuff to a certain extent. And it's the one that sounds the best nice. for like neo soul, R&B, mm. hip hop, anything like that. Um, but the one that sort of started my career off sort of in Wales, really, yeah. with an act you might have heard of is this one. Um, mm. And this is sort of a really old beaten up one based off the first bass that I ever used. Um, I used to use that when I was in a band called, an actual band called Dead Method. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah. So there was three of us. <laughs> um, mm. So we had Minus, me, and Lloyd uh, singing. And we were oh. a trio for quite a few years. Um, and that's sort of the band that I left then when I was touring and sort of moving away from Wales. Yeah. Sadly. Um, but mm. looking at them both now, their careers are just going just yeah, incredible me- speed. Minus is everywhere. Minus is just... Oh, yeah. 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 He's just walking around Cardiff and his face is everywhere to start oh, with. It's just, it's like fairly, I've never seen him live, <laughs> but um, obviously props to, to Minus. Although I feel like I'm the only uh, hip hop artist in Wales he hasn't worked with. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's all love. Um, like, yeah, like I haven't seen him live, but again, everyone says just an amazing live performer, Minus. Um, yeah. Every absolutely. show I do, he seems to be DJing for every other artist. Um, yes. As well. Yeah. Um, so he had a great show in Porters not too long ago yeah, um, with, with his band, mm. um, Greg, um, the drummer, who's a childhood friend of mine, mm. um, and his brother Alex on bass, who's another childhood friend of mine, but one of my best bass students as well. Nice. Um, mm. Just an incredible live performance, the energy, mm. and just his eclectic sort of music taste, and just the refinement and what he does when he's writing tracks is just astounding to this day yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah no so big ups to him but i, I remember the first time i'm um, seeing is it this lloyd in it um death method his name is it yeah yeah, yeah. Lloyd, there you go i do i do remember a thing or two um <laughs> me and him actually performed at the same um event just before things locked down we performed at the big gig cardiff 2020 Oh right, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've I've mentioned it a couple of times before. There's a couple of controversies, duh, 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 but um, <laughs> we're not going to go into that today. Um, but yeah. yeah, I remember you saying again, you know, great performer. He's got like these like heels on when he's performing. I'm like, how the hell are you no. staying? How the hell are you staying up with those? Like I've been tripping up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that set was I think it was DJ by Minus, but like Minus wasn't playing any instruments. Um, oh okay, yeah, yeah or anything. Um, but yeah, now nah, that was uh, that was cool to see. That was a good thing about that um, big gig Cardiff, though, because there was a variety of different acts that were performing. So there yes. were a couple bands, there were a couple solo artists like myself. Um, but it was you know it was all brought together. I don't know if they're going to do another one anytime soon. Um, despite the, the the you know my personal sort of feelings on the event, I didn't get through to the final. Um, needed the glass jackets um i believe i think it was glass jackets yeah i know they put on the best performance of the night in my opinion and they still didn't get through um that's what i mean but would i do it again um probably yeah because i just enjoyed that it was at fuel for starters i've never performed at fuel before it's been like a rock club um and yeah i just brought loads of energy it was just everybody loved it the whole crowd were really receptive i mean my feedback said i was the most energetic and engaging actor the, the whole weekend so I was like, fair awesome. dues. I mean, when considering there's like Nigel and stuff that you were on after me, to be told that I was the most 
energetic. Was you know a good uh, yeah compliment. That's amazing. I need to, I need to get my uh, cardio back up now though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, and enough about that though. Have you got solo music by the way? I might have missed this. Oh, not really. So mm. I can I do write tracks and compose, but it's mainly for film and TV work. Yeah, uh, nothing sort of self-released. Mm. I've sort of been sitting on stuff for quite a while though. Yeah. Um, that maybe 2022 is the year that I sort of push it out. Maybe. Mm. Uh, I'm still not sure. Sort of just being a musician, sort of being a perfectionist. So yeah. I've been sat on things for like seven years uh, and never released anything sort of under my own name. Yeah. Um, but may- maybe this is the year though. Maybe this is the year. And that's an eclectic mix as well. It goes from mm. jazz to neo soul mm. to like solo bass stuff as well. Yeah. So it's all a big mix, really. Yeah, I was um, I was remember this because in the band that you work with, I, th- I know it was with Hermes, but I think that Mia plays with you with uh, Mr. Bulio as well, does she? Yes, we're basically yeah. the same same band working for two people. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But um, I didn't realize she had actual music out herself, and I feel bad oh, seeing yeah. this. I mean, shout out to Mia, she's she's amazing. But um, I don't remember checking it out. I'm like, yo, this is sick. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, oh, no, it's awesome. When you, awesome. When you see this is for the people now, but when you see an act performing live, um, although obviously the, the attention is on the front man, for example, with Mr. Bewley, he's out with his yeah. with his flag, it's pretty clear that like, everyone's gonna be looking at him and he's got his thorn crown on and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, obviously everyone who's in that band does their own sort of in this this sounds like some sort of philosophical shit now. It's just like everyone's their own individual person with their own individual talents in the band. <laughs> <laughs> But they truly it's very are. true, though. Mm. It is true, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, sort of performing live with Hemez, and sort of there's four of us sort of in a backing band now. Yeah. Um, we're all doing our individual stuff, but as we sort of come together, mm. um, it's just pure sort of musical mm. magic on stage, then everything just sort of syncs together and we all sync up, and it's just incredible. But that's just sort of goes to show how great. Uh, the musicians are in her band yeah. um they're just amazing absolutely yeah nice who is it um who's the other guy by the way we should, probably should give him a shout so we've got mia yes i Al- should yeah so albert mia on guitar al branton yeah. on drums mm-hmm. and francis george on keys there you go so big up and me on bass yeah and me on bass Phil, Phil on keyboard bass. keyboard bass as well yeah you got the synth for i was gonna say can we just quickly scooting back though when you said about making music for like tv and uh, stuff. Is that like sync deals? Is that like sync placements? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've done it for a few adverts, um, nice. sort of syncs, um, and normally sort of indie film sort mm. of soundtracks. Uh, not normally, I've only done one full film soundtrack. Normally it's just sort of like little stings here and there mm. for certain scenes. Um, but that's sort of written up properly yeah. um, with sheet music and stuff. And then other people record it um, mm. nine times out of ten. Mm. But, you know, it pays the bills and it's something yeah. that I've always been interested in since I started studying music. Mm. But 2022 might be the year that I release stuff. Who knows? Yeah, because you know. funny enough, um, there's this app called TikTok. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm scrolling through, right? I'm scrolling through TikTok. I don't do it a lot. I'm just trying to be a bit more active on the app because... Um, it's just I don't know if you've heard. It's like more more people have visited TikTok than Google last year. Um, yeah. More pe- more hours are spent in the UK watching TikTok content. 
from watching YouTube content. I'm thinking, crazy. I, I've got it's to be crazy. You know, I've got to try and get on this. Um, yeah. But there's some guys talking about sync placements and sync deals um, for music hmm. because a lot of people, um, being musicians, are coming to it and they think, right, cool. How am I going to make an income off of this? How am I going to support myself? And um, yeah. You know, like you yourself, you've got like loads of different avenues. I've got your business card somewhere, you're teaching base, oh, yeah. performing, you've got your sync deals. But yeah. um yeah, a lot of people just don't know about these different routes. So like how have you found no. different ways to fund your career? Oh, basically it's just a sort of out of perseverance and sort of getting knocked back through different avenues of my career. Mm. So I teach bass guitar and music theory and singing and things like that. Mm. That's sort of a big sort of start for me um but other avenues then sort of directing bands as an md mm. um and that could be anything from like cruise work or like sort of pop acts mm. um or even pantomime which i was supposed to be doing sort of over christmas that oh. was sadly cancelled yeah um but then you know writing music getting it getting the placements in that's the most difficult part of that mm. session work that's my biggest sort of income stream at the moment mm um has been for about four years now mm. and it's the greatest job in the world it's mm. just about diversifying yourself same with like the instruments that i play mm. i don't just play bass guitar i play upright bass double bass and i play bass synthesizer as well mm. and that's you've got to diversify otherwise you either get sort of left behind or your income just isn't manageable with what your sort of expectations are it's still a really hard business. Yeah, it really is. It's getting harder every day. Oh, 100%. essentially, it really is. Yeah, I just I w sometimes I do wish the days of uh, sitting on the street corner, handing out CDs are still about. I mean, you can still do it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. It's just uh, that's like for me it feels more like I'm more that sort of spirit than going to TikTok for fifteen second clips to try and promote either a your music be your service or you know yeah absolutely kind of... like i got my first recording session when i was 17 i put a really cheap sort of normal like photocopier paper business card in cream's music in cardiff hmm. um and that's where i got my first sort of recording session from yeah and it sort of spiraled slowly it took a lot of years to sort of build up hmm. um but i'm just thankful for the work and thankful to the artists that i get to work with over an incredible amount of genres mm. uh, it's amazing just playing new music every day it's awesome nice. <laughs> and the people you meet as well like yeah. yourself yeah, thank if you. i wasn't hired to work with Hermes or boule mm -hmm. i probably wouldn't have been gigging importers yeah um, i haven't in years uh, <laughs> and i would have met you oh thank you man yeah obviously uh i'm, I'm not gonna say it just yet but it is kind of like rest in peace porters i think october isn't it is when it's finally uh goes for good yeah. I'm a bit gutted about that but like you say yeah. it's just amazing meeting all the people that come there there's so many brilliant like different acts different talents just even people Absolutely. who just turn like shout out to Connor I don't know if he's um, watching this um, I don't know if you've seen him his name's CW the guy with the red hair um, yes yes <laughs> every gig he's there every gig he's there and every gig he's supporting and like yeah. he's a proper sound guy like that's why if I see him at a gig and I'm there I take a picture of him just to be like thank you for turning up <laughs> oh it's an incredible Cardiff or in general sort of the Welsh music scene it's just amazing it really is mm. it just spans so many genres and sort of you see your regulars just sort of popping up at gigs you're going to or ones that you're performing at mm. 
and it's just great seeing friendly faces just everywhere mm. it's just amazing mm. and just all the other acts as well you just support each other it's just amazing mm. it really is yeah um that being said though is there anyone who we will know like that most of the listeners here would know that you've worked with when it comes to your bass stuff any big names uh a few um over the years um not in Wales, sadly. A few people in Wales, but not many. But sort of mm. big, big names that I've worked with uh, would be Mark Ronson. Um, nice. I did one bass track with him and one live performance at the O2, wow. uh, which was amazing. Man. I wasn't supposed to do the performance at the O2. Yeah. Um, I was just filling in for a friend. Um, mm. It's for some, I can't remember which award ceremony it was. Mm. Um, but I was just playing the same bass line over and over. It's just like a loop. Yeah. Uh, and it was so difficult to do that on stage. Yeah. It's like the easiest thing to play in the world, but <laughs> you can't see the crowd at the O2 either because of the lights oh, and wow. because of all the cameras. Mm. So oh, it was just deafening the crowd. It was absolutely incredible. Um, but from that, Jesse J, uh, mm. I worked with sort of quite early on. Uh, and quite a lot. So one of my main sort of reoccurring session work is doing uh, label sort of demos. Yeah. So labels will get in touch and want to put a demo together for an artist who's upcoming mm. or is thinking of releasing something new. Yeah. Um, so we all go to the studio um, and lay down the work. Uh, nine yeah. times out of ten, I don't know who it's going to be used for, mm. uh, sadly. Unless uh, yeah. occasionally they will come in and sort of say hello and sort of want a little bit more sort of a hands on approach with their tracks. Yeah. Uh, but not very often. Um, mm. And sort of early on in my career, when I was really young, I sort of, this is a big mistake that I made. And mm. I'll urge every musician not to do this. Um, if you get offered royalties or an upfront fee with no credit, definitely take the royalties. Mm. You'll be thankful of it later. That mm. was one of the biggest mistakes that I made when I was working for quite a few people um, oh, wow. early on in my career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, <laughs> not to be that, not to be that guy, but um, with a lot of the work I do, I don't take royalty simply because um, I know everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, when I'm making beats, I do." Yeah. But when yeah. I'm a lot of the time when I've been um, rap, rapping for clients um, or making songs for clients. Um, I haven't because it's just easier as like a sales thing just to get it foot through the door. And yes, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Fair. It is, it is, it is. Like I, I do understand that maybe one or two of the people I've worked with, it would have maybe been better. But when it comes to a lot of these people who's putting tracks out on Spotify, I'm thinking like, cool, they've got to get like five hundred thousand streams before yes, it pays my my part of the uh, part of the track. And honestly, most yeah. of these artists aren't getting that. When I look at who I'm working with. But, no, that's very true. Um, I did make a... I don't know if I can say this or not. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I did make a, a demo for um, Listerine. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, and th th it was just like the little like the project management. They're like, you know, we're, we're, we're scouting for some ideas for TikTok. This is one of the other things that made me think like, yo, I've got to get on TikTok. Listerine yeah. are on TikTok. <laughs> and um, but I'm not, I'm not going to say what the idea was, but, you know, they wanted me to create a few like ideas for that so I, I created an idea for them um they paid me an upfront fee for the idea but 
Um, I'm under the impression that if they want to take it further, you know, they'll obviously contact me and then we can discuss something beyond that. But yeah, yeah. It's, you know, they're just collecting ideas from, from everywhere, but it was, yeah, was kind of cool to say that, to, to, uh, to say that I've, I've done that. But it's... That's awesome. Yeah, That's man. awesome. Yeah. But no, if you're looking at royalties, you've got to sort of look at it as an investment opportunity for yeah. your future. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so like I was young, dumb mm. and wanted the cash mm. <laughs> rather yeah. than sort of notoriety and sort of fame to a certain extent or like i worked with i can i can kind of say the people yeah. one ginger-headed um guitar player um who right. sings by himself a lot hmm. um i wonder yeah. who that could be did, so, did it, did yeah it. <laughs> so i did a track um My, that's mad. session fee up front yeah um sadly but you know Mistakes are made. Bloody um, hell. That's crazy, though. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Working for Tinchy Strider as well. Mm. Uh, that was awesome. Throwback. Uh, that. that was one track. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I nearly worked. I don't know if you remember them. Rizzle Kicks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they were an amazing group, bro. They were an amazing there group. There were talks about them coming back, you know, on Twitter. I saw. I know. That would be sick if they did. That would be like nice and fun. I'd absolutely love that. But yeah, Rizzle Kicks. I think I was still in primary school when they went out. One <laughs> thirty this year. So. Oh, wow, don't look it, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm there. Like, I'm, I'm 21. I'm still a baby. You know, There's people who forget that. Yeah. So I've still got a lot to learn and a lot to go. But um, I think being oh, you're a... doing well. Thank you're you. Doing really well. I think though, you know, we've got this sort of, I wouldn't say address the elephant in the room, but being a bass player from Cardiff, and obviously we're both like Neo Soul fans, love the old yes. uh, Pino, um, oh. his bass work obviously on Voodoo, uh, incredible. Um, incredible. Yeah, I mean Absolutely like, incredible. Just, uh, yeah, I was just say your thoughts on him. Oh, so sort of being Welsh hmm. and being a bass player, I sort of got into Pino a little bit later yeah. in sort of my studies. Uh, but I've got a very good story to sort of finish this section off, which I think you're going to be amazed by. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, essentially, I was sort of brought into his playing via sort of his work with John Mayer to start with. Yeah. Uh, which still has that deep, deep groove. Mm. Um, and especially in the trio format was incredible. The sort of doing my research and going back through sort of decade by decade, mm. and project by project. Um, I think he's probably the second most recorded bass player oh, of all wow. time. It's absolutely incredible. He's worked with everyone. Yeah. But going back sort of to the start of his career with bass players um, at that time, um, he was working with Paul Young, Gary Newman, Go West. Mm. That's the reason that I got that bass there. Mm. Um, it's the same bass that he used back then. Um, which is all fretless and just really funky and just 80s, just sort of cheesy pop stuff, which is incredible. Nice. But then the 90s came along and that all changed. Mm. And just his timing, his sound, his feel, mm. his note choices, just just on voodoo, just use that as the greatest yeah. example of all time. Yeah. You can't beat it. You really can't beat it. I just love that album so much. Oh, it's the greatest um yeah. or one of the greatest but for me mm. just the feel of it his playing you look at him and he looks so out of place yeah and when <laughs> he's talking true. as well he's got this thick witch accent yeah and he's just grooving away and just doing the most incredible work just my number one bass player at the mm. moment and has been for years 
um, but just a heavy, heavy influence on my playing. Not just in sort of neo soul R and B hip hop, but in sort of all of the genres that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, luckily, I've met him quite a few times. Oh wow! Um, and had a few private lessons uh, with him as well. Wow. Yes. Um, didn't learn much really. Just sort of talking and sort yeah. of use some of the bases and things. Um, but I did sort of pick up on the groove and the feel mm. and the not overplaying um, from him. It's just incredible, absolutely incredible. But he's worked with everyone and still does. Yeah, absolutely still does. Um, I'm talking to my friend Andy from Andover, mm. um, and he was in Abbey Road on Monday. Um, and Pino walked in because he was doing a, an album oh, nice. just in one day. In oh. one day. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy that you get in. Yeah. He's the guy that you get in. But when your day rate is 25 grand, oh. you know you're going to get the job done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we were, I mean, if you've got the money for it. I mean, this is sometimes yeah. maybe something we'll co- cover later, but I was thinking like all these big names, like if they really wanted to create like the best album going. And I know pe- people have got different tastes or whatever, but someone could be like, right, cool. I really like what's going on by Marvin Gaye. Like in this yes. day and age, they could just create an album that like, I'm not saying, yeah. b- before I clear it up, like you could get to like 95% of that level with the tools they've got, but then they choose just to go to a pop route. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> what? Like some TikTok music, bro, you could have made a classic, but um, Pino yeah. and um, Questlove and all that. Oh, what's her name now? There was a singer who released an album. They're all over it. Is it Yeba? I don't know if it was Yeba or someone else. Might have been. Might be. Yeah, I have to. I check now. I know she had a. a yeah. Tra- tra- the, whoever this is, I, f- I forget the name. I'm gonna have to have a quick, quick look. Um, they had a track with um, Smino, and I think. Oh they- yes, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was um, absolutely incredible. I, I, no, was it you? Who told me? Or was it someone else? Somebody? It might have been someone else who told me. They were like, "Oh yeah, Quest okay. Love Pino and um, all this are on the, on this album." I'm just like, yeah. Really? It's just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pino started or did, he's releasing or has released his own music for oh, the nice. first time in his career. Yeah. It's very out there, mm. um, sort of heavily jazz influenced and mm. sort of experimental. But everything he plays on is gold, yeah. essentially. Mm. This conversation, everything. Yeah. Um, Watermelon Sugar, he played on. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah. All of Adele's stuff, mm. all of Ed Sheeran's stuff now. Oh, wow. So that's my tiny little connection there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all gold. It's absolute yeah. gold. But another one to sort of keep your eye on is Pino's son, Rocco right. Palladino, um, who is big, big in London. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Working with Tom Mish, Use of yeah. Days. Oh, nice. Uh, everyone. Mm. Absolutely everyone. And he started playing for D'Angelo at the moment. Ooh. Sort of taking over the reins from his father. Um, yeah. So, who knows what's going to happen? Oh, I just wanted another D'Angelo album. That'd be so good right now. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. It he, really is. He did play um, a new track when he did the. Um, it was kind of a versus. I know he did like an I, I Instagram live thing, and there was one yeah. new track in his set. Um, I didn't really catch much of it, but I mean that shows that obviously there's new music coming. But as long yeah. as it's not um, fingers crossed, bro. Fingers 40, crossed. Fourteen years <laughs> again, I'd be like. Oh. <laughs> I'm kind of fortunate I wasn't like a D'Angelo fan until um, after that album had come out. 
Messiah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like four. I was like fourteen when that album came out, so I'm not really bothered by like that type of music. So I kind of missed the big wait. So I'm, yeah, I'm grateful. The best thing was sort of I can't remember if it was 2008, maybe a Bonnaroo festival. Yeah. And they got uh, Questlove got the band back together, and it was D'Angelo's first performance in wow. so many years. Yeah. So many years, sort of part of the super jam there. And it was incredible. It really was. It was just, oh, the crowd, the mm. reception from the crowd yes. and the other musicians watching. It was mm. the greatest thing ever. It was awesome. Mm. Yeah, I was... Um, we'll get to see him perform again, though. Who knows? Yeah, I, I want, if, yeah if it comes to the UK, I'm, he's like one of the people. Oh, like, yeah. because, even if he's only doing a show in London. Even if he's only doing a show in London. Even if he's only doing a show in London, I'd make the trek to go and see him if that was the case. I think he's one yeah. of the, oh, only a few artists who I do that now for. I did it for Tyler Creator when he did his tour for Evil. Yeah. And I remember everyone was like, oh, you know, it, first off, it sold out the first two days straight away. And then they added a third date and I was lucky enough to get it. But everyone was like, oh, don't worry. He's going to be doing loads of festivals anyway. I'll just see him when he does the festivals. This was the end of 2019 Ooh. when I saw him. Uh. <laughs> so oh, no. I managed to catch him when he's, he was doing his Igor tour. You know, he's got the blonde yeah. wig on. He's got the suit and all that. By the way, this is one of like the top top two performances I've seen live. He was incredible, um, but um, obviously all the all the, all the uh, festivals got cancelled, so nobody else got to yep. see him. So um, grateful for oh. that. And then another act I really enjoyed live. Um, you, you you know you'll probably like as well. Anderson Pack when I saw him in oh, um, yeah. Part Life, yeah. and I forget yeah. I should have remembered who it was. But he had someone who someone different from his normal bass player um, oh. for his Part Life performance. Um, I can't remember mm. now, but um, yeah, again, incredible, incredible, incredible. incredible. Like, I don't need travel to see probably Tom Mish, which I am hopefully in March. Nice. Because um, uh, mm. I'm over in New York doing work. Oh, nice. And it's sort of kind of extending my stay yeah. to sort of see him perform. That's Because cool. uh, I've never seen him perform live. Yeah. Uh, him, um, D'Angelo, obviously. Yeah. Um, and Thundercat. Um, I've oh. seen Thundercat perform once. Mm. I need. I need to see him again. I just need to. He was at <laughs> um. What was that festival that we just had? Was it Green, Green Man? Man? Yeah. I remember like yeah. looking through the list. I missed and I'm like, out. I'm not looking I was through. That close. Oh, you'd probably get on guest list somewhere, surely. <laughs> they weren't doing it. They oh, weren't no. doing it because of COVID. Because they didn't want so many people backstage. Otherwise, I would have. That's yeah. how I missed out. But it was kind of like, um. I'm looking through all these acts. I'm like, I don't, you know, they're not. That's not usually what I listen to, or whatever. And I just see Thundercat yeah. there, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hang on a minute. Out of nowhere. I know. Like no one, no one. I didn't expect him mm. to be like falling a green man. I'm just yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, I've got all of his back catalogue in vinyl, so I'm oh, nice. just like, okay, let's try and get in. But no, it just didn't work, unfortunately. I love. Um, <laughs> Like of all, all the tracks he's done, although like don't get me wrong, it's Pimper Butterfly is one of my favorite albums of all time, and there's all of these yeah. like there's unreleased tracks that he's done with Matt Miller, by the way, as well on uh, Balloonerism. There's a, a few oh. Thundercat and Matt Miller tracks, but the one that always kind of stuck with me is Colors and Shapes off of uh, Faces by uh, Matt Miller. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about that song. It just hits a certain emotion that I don't think like any yes. other song really. Like the, and it's like the bass and the guitar in that track, and then just sort of the um, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's really trippy. It's, it is hard to describe, hits. but I know exactly, yeah, I know the feeling that you're feeling, mm. I really do. Yeah, oh, 
just incredible incredible musicians just yeah. all of them yeah, but yeah um no i, th- I think <laughs> the only other acts that i would go travel to see outcast <laughs> probably never gonna happen oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> but i literally i'm so good i literally started getting into outcast like the end of 2014 like 14 year old charlie J. and then uh they did obviously the reunion like 20 years or like summer yeah 2014 and i'm just like oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> missed that i was like the biggest andre 3000 fan not re- he's not releasing music and i'm just like <laughs> and then um I, I, I would travel to see kanye i think i would again now because um, yeah i think for a bit of time when he was do- was too focused on the jesus king stuff and it was it was like the choir's cool don't get me wrong but i feel like it wasn't the same it wasn't the kanye we all knew and loved um yeah i saw yeah. A re- the recent performance he did for that free larry hoover concert and i'm not gonna lie like the energy the guy brought on the stage when you realize how many hits he's got like every single yes. song every track is hitting i'm thinking yeah i need to see this guy and when i look at like videos of the yeezus tour he brought like a big mountain on the stage with him and he's got all these dancers and oh. yeah it's just incredible, it's incredible. So i feel like my friend Chelsea, um, who is a upright bass player and electric bass player and a music arranger and copyist, worked on his performance at the Hollywood Bowl um, two years ago. Oh, and she nice. said it's the most incredible, incredible experience working with him. He's so yeah. humble and listens to every musician there, wow. tries to take in as much information as possible. Yeah. So she was with like all the double bass players because they had a full orchestra there yeah. and he was like coming up to them saying oh exactly what are you doing on this part that sounds awesome how do you do that how does it work with like this chord and that chord how does it all come together and he just went around everyone and yes. it's incredible i'm a big yeezy fan to be fair mm. um i don't know if i would travel to see him mm. maybe though maybe i think the circumstances have to be right yeah the performance would have to be right. I, mm. I want to know what I was getting into first, I think, yeah. at this moment in time. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I know I sets like that for me is Kendrick, dare I say it. I know there's people who are going to be a bit like, ooh, but um, I'm not going to lie. When I saw him in Manchester, in the uh, Manchester Arena for a dam, the Dam Tour, um, I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but it was a no. bit lacklustre. I know there's people who probably be attacking me for this. Um I seen videos of his performance at the Day in Vegas festival, and he had the full. Yeah. He's got the full band. He's got the well, the dancers, and he went back and he did tracks from Section Eighty, um, and more from To Pimp a Butterfly and stuff. But yeah, um, Damn is an is an album I want to like, but for some reason, I enjoy it, but just not like his older work. I much prefer okay. him. Yeah. I much prefer him, prefer him to be perform performing stuff from Section Eighty to Pimp a Butterfly. Like and like my favorite track off Dam. He played the instrumental off it, which is Feel. I love that track, but he did yeah. actually perform perform it live. And I'm oh, like, like if he perform, I think he, from to Pimp a Butterfly, he only did um, All Right and King Kunta. But I wanted him to do if he done like these walls or institutionalize. Or just yeah. the stuff that's a bit more funky, or like Wesley's Theory, The Back of the Berry. Yes. I'm just thinking all these tracks that would have been so much better than, um, like, you know, like uh, Loyalty or. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, just... sort of as an artist, you can't sort of accommodate everyone, sadly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sort of 
that's why I want to know sort of what I'm getting into sort of when mm. I go to shows a little bit. I like surprises, obviously. Yeah. But like if I'm going to see someone, I'd rather know what's going to happen, really, mm. just so I can plan my emotions for the gig. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, I tell you what, we weren't ready when we saw Frank Ocean for that. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. He's, again, I'm, I'm glad I've seen him as well. There's a few acts I've seen that have been like. What about yourself, though? I know I've just been rambling on about acts I've seen and get your feedback, but um, who's your favourite of all the acts you've seen, like top three that you've seen live? Oh, I don't get to see many acts because I'm normally out performing when yeah. other people are performing, sadly. Mm. Um, but top acts, um, Bruno Mars. All right, wow. Bruno Mars, absolutely. Mm. Uh, his showmanship, for one. Mm. And his band are the tightest and most incredible backing band in the music industry at the moment. Wow, they nice. really are. Mm. Their choreography, their sound, their live versions of songs that differ so much from the album. And they're just jazzed up, funked up. Just cool. incredible. Um, so Bruno Mars, definitely. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, probably... And this is going to be a really sort of weird and sort of out there sort of performance. But it was Queen and Paul Rogers oh. back in the day. It's a really, really weird um, sort of gig to put in there into mm. my top three. Um, but it was just Brian May, the guitarist of Queen, Roger Taylor, mm. the drummer, the other musicians, and Paul Rogers doing all of the singing. And it just worked worked and the crowd was amazing but just sort of come out of sort of left field like just mm. weren't expecting much but it was it's in my top three definitely nice. <laughs> um another one would probably be oh this is tough this yeah. is tough oh dr mika uh from bristol um uh, big house Trap club, mm. big bass beats with his full band. Oh, wow, um, nice. Yeah, and it was at Ashton Park or Aston Park in Bristol. Mm. Uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. Just bouncing. Just the crowd, the floor, the stadium was just bouncing. Just incredible. And his band, again, were amazing. Yeah. Didn't have much sort of going on band wise. Uh, it was basically a Dan is amazing, and he had this awesome horn section yeah. coming in with like the main licks and stuff. It was incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, sadly, I don't really get to see many live artists, unfortunately, because when they've got shows going on, I'm normally like next door doing a show or something. Yeah, that's cool. Which though. is yeah, because I wanted to see Corey Wong and Wolfpack. And yeah, Wolfpack. Yeah, Tom Mish as well. I'm still mm. hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah, trying to get that sorted. Yeah, I was, fingers crossed. <laughs> I found it funny uh, when we when we went to see. Um, well, I say we, me and one of my mates, we went to see um, Laurel Carner at the uh, Students' Union in uh, 2019. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember, I think it was after he performed Damselfly, and um, Tom Ish is on that. And you yeah. can tell the, the the audience there, like everyone's like, a, they're all like Tom Ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like whenever I've, I've, I've seen artists and they've got a track with uh, with Tom everyone's kind of like just sort of really kind of you kind of know that that's kind of what they're 
they know him for. Like, they're for, yeah. Barney Artist is kind of the, Barney Artist is kind of the same in the sense that yeah. although he had, um, I didn't even know. Again, great. Um, Jack's a great bass player. Um, what's his name now? No, um, Mr. Jukes is uh, his name. He's the guy from um, Bombay Bicycle Club. I didn't realize this. I'm just there at the gig. I'm just like, there's a, there's a girl, uh, um, one of my mates, she's there. I'm thinking, yo, you're not like a fan of Barney Artist. Why are you here? And then like. I'm like listening to the track, some you know, I, you know, I enjoy the album, whatever. I just thought then this Mr. Jukes guy, he's kind of sound, whatever. I'm, I'm I know yeah. Barney Artist, Barney Artist is like my type of music. I met, I met Jack after the gig as well. Um, you know, Mr. Jukes, he shook his hand, like, yeah, you're a sick bass player, you know, I rate that. I'm having like a full on conversation with Barney Artist, they both signed my CD, um, oh, or whatever, and um, signed it for my, my, my puppy as well because um, Barney oh. Artist shared my puppy on his Instagram story and he remembered oh, me being I the guy with that. the puppy, which is sick. Um, but then I, I was speaking to, uh, Mo, Mojo Jr. Uh, I don't know if you know yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned it to him. He's like, wait, that's the guy from, uh, Bombay Bicycle Club. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, it all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, um, that's incredible. Tom, yeah, I need to, I need to see him. Um, that Laurel Carner gig was yeah. cool as well. Um, because yeah. again, back to the business cards, um, don't know if I should call somebody out. Uh, who said uh, dissed my business cards or not? Do do do. Um, tra- tracks. Uh, if you're listening now, tracks from Asteroid Boys. Um, <laughs> I know you have problems with my, me and my business cards, and you've spoke about it before. Um, oh. As Phil's mentioned, they can be useful, and I've mentioned they could be useful. But if you want to talk to me about it and come on the show, you can do that. Um, that's fine. But tracks, uh, this is for you. Um, <laughs> it was a bit re- relentless there. We'll see, we'll see who listens to the show now. But um, yeah. I gave someone a business card at Laurel Carnes gig in 2019. Um, last right. year, when I was at Barney Artist's gig, a guy remembered me because I gave him a business card two years earlier at Laurel Carnes gig. Um, yeah, there you go. So they, they are useful. And obviously you got your first um, session um, job as well. Yeah, didn't you? From just from business one business card. card. That was it, go. yeah. I've probably got some, Absolutely. some naming, actually. Yeah, I've got the stickers. For those who can't see... I've got a Charlie J sticker oh, here, yeah. and then I've got the Charlie J business card here as well. But um, I had them made yeah. ages ago. But I, honestly, I, I still think again. You know, we've been saying that TikTok and stuff is again. It's a good platform, and it is. Um, I think one of the artists who I know does it best. Um, I think his name's Ken's on uh, TikTok, hmm. and he, Layla McKenzie's uh, his um, sister. Oh, okay. He's got like hundreds of thousands on uh, TikTok now, and he's a sound guy as well. I've met him. Um, so he's got all these TikTok connections, um, yeah. but like, and these people will be all over the world, but TikTok yeah. is the thing. Sometimes it's hard to get that like close niche. Like if you want people in your own scene working. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, because despite having literally a hundred times as many followers on <laughs> TikTok <laughs> as the, uh, the next, next man, when he did his show, he didn't have a hundred times as many people turn up, which is fine. You know, again, these people, he's, yeah. he's got fans yeah. all over the world. You know, he didn't have to worry about that. Of course. But yeah. when it comes to yeah. getting fans in person and people with that face-to-face connection, you know, business cards, um, merch, CDs, they're, they're all still useful, you know, shows, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've got my cards and I've got my stickers with like my Instagram on. Yeah. And if I'm doing like shows, um, I like slap it on sort of like my amplifiers and equipment mm. um, and just, Start checking them at people really <laughs> it's great oh, but cool. it works it does yeah. work it really does 
it's just about being seen as well. You've got to be seen a few times. Exactly. Shows and stuff. But just before, yeah, we, before we wrap it up, though, is there anything you need to add or anything you want to say? Um, oh, at the moment. So today I got some good news um, from an yeah. artist that I work with called Feral Man, mm-hmm. um, who's an indie folk artist, um, half Australian, half Welsh. And he's just got to number one um, in Australia today. Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I've been working with him for quite a while, um, sort of putting the live show and sort of recording bass for him as well. Um, so that's going to be coming together this year, hopefully. Mm. Um, but he's doing extremely well. Um, Boule, uh, Mr. Boule, yep. who's just been signed to nice. Sound Records. Um, uh, his next two Sony releases. Records. No, Sound, Sound Records. Oh, Sony. Oh, Sony. No. Sound Records, nice. Cool. Yeah. That's sick. Um, for his next two releases, um, which I recorded baseball. Nice. Uh, and Jemez. Um, yeah, big ups Jemez. Yeah. One of my favourite people. Working. Pro- proper working. Mm. Oh, she is. And she's working constantly. Yeah. Just grinding, releasing, recording and writing just non-stop is incredible. This is uh, a little um, <laughs> preview for those people who, who, are, who are listening to the end. Um, we're finally doing a documentary about how her EP was made, um, by the way. That's what uh, we've been oh, talking wow. about. Yeah, so I'm um, obviously going to speak to Dan because he produced, uh, I think, did he produce all of it or yeah. just a fair bit? Um, um, I think it might have been all of it, I to think, be fair. I think it might have been all of it, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're going to, that's the plan if uh, we can get that sorted. I know everyone's busy, but we might try and get a little documentary made um, for that, which would be cool. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. But uh, yeah, where can people find you, Phil? So at Phil Court Music on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I haven't got TikTok, but probably will set that up today. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm a website, philcourtmusic.com, mm. um, which has got my just everything, all the information in the world anyone would want about me. Nice. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been great. Oh, um, thank you for having me. It's been great. Well, we'll probably leave it there. Thank you.